Welcome in. It's the PFF Daily Betting Podcast heading into Sunday, and it feels like week one already. We got games all over the board happening right now in the preseason action. We got Canadian Football League. Uh, we got, what, six, seven games already playing at this point in time. So this feels like a Sunday at noon, main slate kicking off. It feels like football is finally back. Eric, how are we feeling about this uh, Saturday slate of preseason games? I mean, it feels good. I mean, we've had, um, when you look at the, the scores, obviously Minnesota, Minnesota never has come through for us ever in any capacity. Um, <laughs> Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, though, goes under. The Giants covered the teaser. Well, both Cincinnati and Tampa cover their teasers. Uh, Giants sorry, well, would have covered a plus money teaser. Giants and Jets both cover plus money teasers. Uh, I think Jacksonville pushed plus 10, Cleveland plus cover their teaser new orleans baltimore was under and close which you love to see uh miami chicago went under as well uh looks like kansas city san fran's looking good seattle just scored and we have them in a couple teasers so that you love to see that it's been it's been a a weekend where if you follow you know sort of uh the the process you 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 bet the boring stuff uh you'll end up doing well and then in the cfl we had a nice little dog under uh shot go here we also have this game that's going on now rough riders up seven to one against the tiger cats uh of uh of uh, you know uh in the cfl here so um i i'm you know it's been fun we have one more game left uh sunday and and uh and then obviously you know two more weeks left of preseason Yep, I mean it's it's coming quickly. The regular season is going to be here before we know it. Before we dive into just discussing a little bit about the Panthers and Colts, I'm wondering if you have any immediate reactions to uh, maybe some of the rookie quarterback performances that we saw here on this uh, you know full slate of Saturday games. Of course, Justin Fields came back to win down 13 to three at halftime. Uh, ended up coming back. Bears ended up winning 20 to 13. I think that was maybe the most discussed performance at this point in time. Trey Lance had one really good pass, a couple drops as well from his receivers. I think people kind of bought into him. Uh, and then, you know, I didn't get to see too much of our boy Zach Wilson at this point in time. That was one game I did not have on. Uh, so I think if, anything the pecking order kind of seems to be that trevor lawrence may have had the worst game of uh the first round draft picks heading out of saturday do you think that's a fair assessment at this point in time yeah i didn't i, I didn't get to that game until Minshew was in i did watch wilson wilson looked fine um you know very you could tell his arms pretty lively you can tell it doesn't take a lot of effort for him to throw the ball hard uh and and accurate which you love to see i think the same thing's true about lance lance did not have great statistics other than the ADR touchdown, which was kind of actually a little bit of a wobbler. Um, you know, bad coverage by the Chiefs, uh, former Viking Mike Hughes, as well as uh, undrafted rookie Devon Key, who is somehow second string uh, for Kansas City. Um, but but he went 5-14. for There was a lot of drops there, and drops by some of his good receivers, you know, like Ayuk uh, had one um, a- a- as well. So, you know, it wasn't a, gr- it wasn't a great performance. Um, but, but you could, you could definitely see with him, Wilson, um, and obviously fields, I think had the best performance of all of them coming back and you, you right. bet them live, uh, like plus plus one fifty. uh, got a nice little score there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look there, none of those guys, you, you watch them and you're like, holy crap, the guy can't play. Even Mac Jones, you, you look at that game and you're like, okay, he's exactly as advertised. The guy who processes well, distributes the ball well, 
So I'm happy there. Jordan Love, even a guy who we didn't see last year, even right. in the preseason, uh, looks like he's played well uh, in, in Green Bay as well. So just a an overall great week for the league as far as some of the young players that need to play well doing so. Yep, definitely. I think the, the torch is potentially going to be passed this year with some of those young quarterbacks kind of stepping up. I do. I am excited for this class. Of course, you touched on Jordan Love. Probably not going to see him too much during the regular season once again, but at some point, uh, he definitely flashed today, so at some point, there's going to be some interest in actually seeing him in some live regular season action. So, we will see. We are moving on to tomorrow, Sunday, August 15th. Uh, we got a one Eastern kickoff. Panthers-Colts. Col- of course, the Colts been Heavily in the news, mainly related to some injury situations. It looks like that's breaking well for them, at least to start the season. Uh, but there's no way we're going to see a lot of their high-end offensive talent playing in this game. They are still favored. Three points, uh, 34.5 point over-under. So the question becomes, are we going to see Sam Darnold suiting up for the Carolina Panthers, getting some reps? And I think so. How long is that going to carry forward? And is, is that enough for you to kind of back the Panthers coming up here on Sunday, Eric? I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, Panthers under, um, we haven't bet a lot of just dogs straight up. We did have New England there, um, yeah. you know, when they were plus two. But this one, I mean, you look at the back, just look at the back of quarterbacks. Like, I know the Colts have a great roster, but, you know, they don't have a ton of weapons. Uh, they don't have great secondary players. And, you know, it's going to be Jacob Eason and uh, Ellinger, Sam Ellinger playing quarterback. Whereas on the other side of the ball, it's, you know, former Colt P.J. Walker, um, you know, Will Greer, who I know has struggled. Um, even those two guys, I think, are superior uh, to the guys that the that the Indianapolis Colts have. So they should not be getting the three. And it is a juice three. And obviously, you don't want to be paying a ton of prices uh, this time of year. But even take a stab on the money line on Pinnacle, Carolina's plus 130. Um, that's something to to consider as well. I mean, you don't really, I mean, if you want to get really degenerate with it, obviously you can tease Panthers from like a true two and a half to eight and a half, uh, and then the total up to 40. Um, that, that might be the way to go about betting it if you really uh, are, are destined to bet that game. Fantasy football season is here. No one can prepare you better for your draft than PFF. For just $9.99, you can get access to PFF's Fantasy Football Draft Guide, player rankings, and projections. I'm dropping new projections basically every day at this point in time. Some other content writers are also coming out with articles every single day on the rankings. You can get basically all of PFF's locked article content, cheat sheets for your fantasy draft, plus so much more. Again, that's PFF's Fantasy Suite for just $9.99. Draft smarter than your league mates this season. Look, it's football season. There's simply no better time than the present. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action. All you have to do is bet a dollar or more on any college football game, and DraftKings is going to get you back with $200 in free bets instantly. Simply place a dollar wager on any college football game, get $203. All you have to do is head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions that they have available, along with the daily odds boosts that they are offering. Yeah, I kind of like, I actually do really like that play at this point in time. That might be my favorite takeaway uh, for that game tomorrow. The teasing uh, with the spread and total, getting those up a little bit. I do kind of like that play, actually. I think, uh, like you said, it is a little bit of a degenerate play. But if you are betting on the preseason, I think you got to have a little bit of that degenerate blood in you. Uh, according to Twitter, at least at this point in time, I never felt that bad until uh, all all the mentions, basically, that come out on Twitter are un- unbelief at the fact that people would bet preseason. I feel like that's just a normal activity at this point in time. So I don't know, uh, maybe is the I'm point a little... of betting? So here's, 
I mean, look, we're not going to, we're not going to tell you, tell everybody that we're, you know, winning at everything, but isn't the point of betting like winning at some level? Right. That's the only thing. That's the only way to measure it. Right. So, yeah. And if you're going to bet the, if you're going to bet football, I mean, NFL, you know, sides, NFL sides (laughs) noon on a Sunday is like the last thing you want to bet. And that's why, you know, we've been proponents of the CFL, XFL, AAF. And even the preseason, if you can grind out that information, it's not even information based. I know the Courtney Cronin, the, our friend that, uh, tweeted out like the number of Vikings that were going to be out. Denver was only minus one first half today, despite that. Um, like it's not even informational based. It's sort of like, is that plus, you know, just like working the numbers, right? Like as we talked about right. teasers and, and unders, it's just like a mathematical play. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, if these books are going to let you bet Wong teasers during the preseason, you have to do it. Um, because right. you know, the, in the NFL right now with totals, you look at week one, a lot of totals are near 50, like even that edge is dwindling down just because of the way the game is played now. Yep, definitely. And I, and I would venture to guess or estimate that there's probably more, uh, ex- positive expected value situations that you can find in the preseason than you can in week one of the NFL at this point in time. I do think that that uh, is probably a fact just based on what you can, what is, you know, available and out there at this point in time and how inefficient these markets are. We're not really seeing uh, numbers move too much off of where they were at basically all week based on any of that information and any of, any of, any of the expectations that we've set forth at this point in time. So I'm really interested to see what happens in week two, but I agree with you 100% if the the goal in betting is to make money. Whether you're having fun or whether you're trying to do this more seriously, you still want to make money doing it, right? Whether it's a hobby for you, whether it's something more, uh, the the only measuring stick is really making money. So if you can find spots to do that, by all means, get that cheddar, baby. So yeah. uh, we're gonna come. We're gonna you know continue to talk about it. Um, but I do want to mention one thing that is kind of interesting. So this is a spot we were kind of on. Uh, from a few weeks ago, Hawaii UCLA kicking off on that August 28th day uh, is now off the board, basically, in all sports books at this point in time. I haven't found any information on that. Have you seen uh, any reason for why that might be off the board at this no. point in time, Eric? No, and we made that number. As I said, we're going to you know debut Green Line in, the, in basically the coming week. Um, and we, ha- we made that number 19, so we've grabbed a quick 17 there. It could be COVID-related. It could be, you know... Um, you know, different, uh, you know, obviously California is one of the more progressive of states uh, in the country and might not necessarily, um, you know, be as conducive to college sports as some other ones. That that brings up a good question. I, I talked about this on the forecast, Ben, like this is a good one. How are home field advantage, right? Like think about Seattle used to have one of the biggest home field advantages in all of sports. But Seattle is one of the more progressive cities in the country, which may be less likely to allow fans in the stands. So, like, that to me, again, if you're trying to win at this, it might be a place to think about, like, okay, which which municipalities, which states will have sort of the most, um, you know, uh, tolerance for fans in the stands in the coming season? Because I feel like yeah. that's like a very underrated aspect of all of this. Yeah, and especially at the college level, right? I mean, at the yeah. NFL level, uh, we've, what we've seen, it hasn't been, you know, it doesn't matter quite as much, but we also don't see as many fans in the stands, right? I mean, some of the SEC schools, 
you know, some of the big, big 10 schools, 100,000 100, plus people in the stands, yeah. that obviously has some sway on the matter, right? From both directions. Uh, not only does it have maybe a little bit more influence on the game than it would at the NFL level, but it also matters from that COVID perspective, right? Like some of the states uh, handicapping some of those situations that they might not be, um, you know, allowing, you know, 100% of the people on the stands. Because, I mean, in certain places, even like Minnesota, you know, with the Twins and those sorts of teams, they weren't allowing 100% capacity in those stadiums to start the season. We could see some similar places take a similar, similar mentality to that. Uh, and it is something that's really difficult to track, but we might have to get some sort of intern or something uh, on that process, and we can really have that wrapped into yeah. the Green Line model and everything else at that point in time. That might be our only option, but we will see uh, what transpires but yeah it's just it's just another added element another data point that you can kind of use to uh you know break some of those tie-breaking decisions i think at this point in time was um probably the main takeaway that i would have um from that synopsis but let's see let's talk just real quick nfc west uh you know it's been la san francisco basically kind of going back and forth seattle third Third in the betting market ratings, uh, Arizona bringing up the rear. Did you see anything in the preseason that's making you change your mind? Do you like any of these teams uh, on maybe a division title bet or playoff berth bet at this point in time, Eric? Well, this is one we had yesterday. We we talked about how we like Cleveland a little bit more than Baltimore, which is a change in the market. This is another one where you know we are different than the betting market. If you look at the NFC West. Uh, you know, the favorites, the Niners are plus 180, followed closely by the Rams, plus 190. Seattle's plus 275. Arizona's plus 650. Um, we actually make Seattle about about plus 200. So plus 275 um, would be a bet. We make both um, LA, we make LA a little bit, you know, let, let's actually look and, and make a little sure late. Uh, we have this number. The LA Rams, we make them plus 244. So again, we have them way less uh, than the marketplace here. And we have San Francisco at plus 350. Um, and again, our thing with San Francisco is I know the market likes them. We respect the market, but like you're either going with Garoppolo or a rookie who hasn't had a lot of data over the last, you know, two, two full seasons. And, right. and that data is FCS data. And we love your defense, but you're going from Robert Salah, one of the best defensive coordinators, if not the best in all of football, to D'Amico Ryans. You lost some cornerbacks. Um, you've lost, uh, you know, guys like Buckner uh, over the past couple of years. Um, you're paying, you know, you, you gave up first round pick. Like the the state of that system, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. So that's the one thing that right. I look to. But um, as far as, you know, them winning this division, like, I actually kind of like when you look at Arizona. So we have them at a 17% chance to win the division. That is right around about five to one. But we also would like an Arizona bet there too. So we're very underdog heavy on this division. And it's because the teams at the top, I think there's a lot of assumptions being made about how good these teams can be. Yeah, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, I obviously uh, was impressed with Trey Lance as well as everybody else was today. But I do think that that's only going to continue to drive the narrative that the 49ers are going to win that NFC West. I think we could see their price maybe even increase, maybe even get 
uh, lower at this point in time, um, you know, on DraftKings Sportsbook and some other places. So I do think uh, the hype is probably just a little bit overstated for both the 49ers and the Rams with Matthew Stafford at this point in time. So I'm with you. I, you know, I've kind of liked the Seahawks all off season. I think they kind of burned us toward the end of last year. Uh, you know, our colleague George Tahiri was looking like a genius when he had the Seahawks uh, in the Super Bowl early on last season. I do think that they still have the talent and the capability to achieve those sorts of goals and things like that. So I think they're the team that's probably most being slept on uh, in the NFC West. So that's kind of uh, where I would lean at this point in time. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I think in Arizona, the Cliff Kingsbury question is basically like the only thing really holding me over my head for why I don't necessarily want to go the Cardinals route at this point in time. But I think that's probably not the best reason. So I do think the Cardinals are probably playable at plus 650 as yeah, do you well. Think so. that, do you think the pendulum has swung too much on the Cardinals where – you know, you look at Cliff, he took a team from the worst offense in football in 18, middle of the pack, you know, kind of not middle of the pack, but like bottom, just bottom 10 in 2019 yeah. uh, and then middle of the pack last year. That kind of improvement should be impressive. The issue is you start out six and three after a win against Seattle, you were in first place. And so people, you know, generated expectations of you that were possibly just a little bit overzealous. And then you did not live up to them. But we kind of like Rondell Moore. Uh, you know, word out of uh, Arizona is that A.J. Green looks good. Um, obviously, the defense, you have two good young linebackers. Um, and, and you have Chandler Jones and, and J.J. Watt up front. Like, there's there's a chance there, I would say. And and right. um, I don't think that the Niners or the Rams, or for the Seahawks for that matter, are so good that the Cardinals should be, you should be catching six and a half to one with the Cardinals. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that. And it was exciting to see. Maybe that was the biggest takeaway from today as well as like the way that they manufactured touches for Rondell Moore in that offense, I think is a really, you know, exciting step forward for them as a whole. Uh, obviously alleviates a little bit of what DeAndre Hopkins want, needs to do, uh, but he's going to be more downfield. I do think that a lot of the, you know, bubble screens and things that they had going to there Fitzgerald last year, going to Rondell Moore are going to be a significant improvement in that Cardinals offense. So I like it. I mean, they obviously have a somewhat difficult schedule. I do think, you know, there are some elements against them, but like you said, at 6.5 to 1, uh, it's definitely worth a little bit of a decent spot uh, to hit on if you're still betting some of these division futures. So I like it. I'm on board. Let's lock it in. Uh, tomorrow, you know what you got to do. Some more <laughs> preseason action. We'll be here. Uh, and then tomorrow, Sunday, when we are on the PFF Daily Band podcast, we can be chatting about some look-ahead preseason lines. I mean, what more could you possibly want on a Sunday afternoon heading into Monday morning on your work week? So make sure you tune in to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast from Ben Brown. It's joined by Eric Eager. I appreciate you guys all listening in.